Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is Jesse V. Johnson. He's a director, stunt performer, and coordinator, and he's joining us right now. Good morning, Jesse. Hi, Janine. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining me day before uh, July 4th, and everybody's on holiday mode. They certainly are. Thank you for having me. You have a really interesting background. I know you have some projects going on right now, but I want to back up and ask you how you got into working on films as a director and actor and everything else. I'm very lucky in respect that my family have been working in motion pictures for quite some time. It's lucky and it's, you know, it comes with this uh, sort of, uh, of, of unlucky, but it's it, my grandfather supplied horses to movies. He did you know, Ryan's Daughter and Jabberwocky and pictures like that in the UK oh. back in the sort of late 60s, early 70s. My, my uncle could ride one of those horses. It was a very difficult horse but you know, and ended up doubling circular in and, and getting his um, uh, acting union ticket from there and basically going on to become one of the top stunt guys in the world, Dick Armstrong and wow. Harrison Ford for the original three Indiana Jones movies. So when I was young, 14... 15, you could at the time, you leave school very young, uh, as long as you went back and took your, your exams. I, I was carrying his stunt bag at 14 on Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and really didn't look back from, from there. I, I loved being on the film set. I still do. Uh, there's, a, there's a fantasy element to it that's just something, you know, there's real life and then there's making movies and, mm-hmm. and it's, the two are very, very different. You, there's a lot of make-believe involved and magic, and I think it's a, uh, a wonderful, wonderful way to make a living. My two daughters are, uh, are going into motion pictures and TV, and uh, uh, I think as long as you can keep the work coming in, it's fantastic. It's sure. Down a little yes. Bit, it's sort of <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, so it was a pretty, a pretty sort of straight delineation from being an assistant to at some point being a director. Amazing. So, and there you were on the Ind- Indiana Jones sets. Incredible. I thought it was wonderful. It was incredible. It was the gimbal set at Elstree where they had the uh, tank that was being chased by Indiana Jones. So they mm. built the interior of the tank on what's called a gimbal, which is a pneumatic set which moves you know, uh, under control. So those actors are in there and it's wobbling and there's dust and sparks and uh, there's Sean Connery there talking very, very loudly as <laughs> Sean Connery. <laughs> uh, and I'd grown up with those particular James Bond films. So it was a it was a truly magical thing in Harrison Ford with the Harrison Ford voice. Uh, and I'm 14 years old and just sitting there in absolute awe. It was, uh. it was a, a very, very special moment and the bug bit and it's never really relinquished its bite, you know. Incredible. So you grew up in Winchester, UK. and uh, uh, I was born, I didn't grow up there, but yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, you've got a new film out, is that right? It is, it is. I have a film called One Ranger Out, which is my version of the uh, fish out of water story it's a texas ranger who chases a uh, a very very bad man uh from texas to mexico and uh, and and ukraine and into into the uk where it has to sort of pace him down and join forces with uk law enforcement and, and get this guy amazing do you at times feel like you're you're still that kid on those sets like because you're in such a creative industry you 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 just have uh, this mindset that, that you just feel forever young? All the time. And it's very, very important you keep that. You keep a joy. You keep a, 
uh, a, a bewilderment, a, a sort of awe mm-hmm. at this business. It's the, the moment you start to get jaded or cynical, or it becomes just work for the money. And and I've studied directors. I've watched them very closely, and I've read every book imaginable on the on the directors. I like. I have ten books here on Sam Peckinpah's life. I think I have eleven or twelve with John Ford. And there's a moment in certain directors' lives, not not necessarily permanent one where there's a shift towards the mercenary and you can spot it in the work you know the quality mm-hmm. of the work it, 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 it dies and the audience feels that and you have to keep that useful uh, joy at what you do you, it's utterly essential it's absolutely an important part of it it's, it's like when they say you're making a meal and there's a the magic ingredient and, and, and the kids say what's that magic ingredient and you say it's love you know yes it's, it, it goes into the food and you can taste the difference it's the same with a movie it's that love, that joy of the process there at making that film you may not have the most fantastic movie, you know, Citizen Kane, you know, or but you will have something that's enjoyable to watch. There's something that's, that, that that has a, a spiritual effect. You may not agree with the story or the politics or the actors mm-hmm. or the, what they're saying, but but it'll have something. It'll have that that feeling. And I think so. To answer your question, absolutely. You have you have to maintain that childlike awe of what yes. it is that we do, and it really is a form of, of magic. It's it's uh, alchemy, you know. We, sure. we take a lot of disparate things and oils and you know electronics and lenses and, and sort of smoke machines, and, and and out of that you create this world. And sometimes, you know, you create a, a four wall set with a huge ceiling, and you're really just pointing it at a at a at a, at a brick wall, you know, and, and using sure. your imagination to do yeah. the rest of the problem, you know. And there's something, there's something truly wonderful about that. There really is. And you get to lose yourself in oh, a, your characters, yeah. you know, and and you probably gain insight about yourself. Like, wow, I didn't think I could do that. Be in that. No, I see that that would that would that would that would require someone who is more insightful than me. But but no, the the, the losing of yourself within another era is, is something I absolutely love doing. I've sent mm-hmm. a, a film that's uh, a script that's set in the. Uh, Prohibition uh, recently and, and read it and, and the writer said, I've noticed that you love doing period pieces. It's like, yes, I sure. absolutely do. It's just, you, you get up in the morning and you are in 1950s Indochina or in 19, late 19, no, mid-1940s in, in south of France. Amazing. And, and every decision, whether it be a dialogue decision or a prop decision or an art department decision, is based upon that period because everything changes. You say they're having a sandwich you know, uh, and a quick break, and the actors are talking over here, or the characters are talking over here, and you have to just hold on for a second because they didn't have sliced bread, they didn't have white bread, they didn't have butter and jelly. It would have been very different. Every, you know, the sandwich wouldn't look like the sandwich looks like now in yes. 1944 in France. It was, you know, severe rationing and severe mm-hmm. limitations in what they had. Plus, it would be a different style anyway. It would be a different. Yes. That wasn't the fashion back then. So even the most mundane of decisions, they're having a sandwich, becomes something you have to do a bit of research on and a sort of, sure. you know, and, and, and is it accurate? And, and, and is that what they would have done? I find that terribly exciting. I find that stimulating and, and, and wonderful. And uh, we just finished one that was set a thousand, uh, 2,000 years ago in, in England in AD Which is what I was talking about, which has just come out on DVD and mm-hmm. Blu-ray. 
uh, it was the chance for me to return back to the UK really and, and, and sort of make an action film there with with this Die to the World Texas Ranger and see the UK that I knew growing up through his eyes and you know, make fun of it a little bit, but also to, to see that the two worlds are, are quite similar sure. in their own ways, but, but, but also, you know, uh, two nations divided by a language. Yeah. Uh, By the way, if you're just uh, tuning in, we're speaking with Jesse V. Johnson. I did go to your Instagram. I saw some great clips on there. And I know you also have an account on uh, Facebook. The past couple of years have been really hard for people in the creative community, everyone really. But uh, how did you stay positive? Were, were you working in the pandemic? pandemic was interesting. I, I started growing vegetables and, and fruit, I, you know, I, I, ready for an absolute sort of... Uh, terrible despotic, you know, dystopian situation to, to occur and you know, I had corn to taste at sudden you know, that that took about three weeks to do it. I actually quite like that but suntan being outside, which I you know, never never do that sort of thing. I'm all striking and, and, and beefing away from mm-hmm. making movies. And so for about three weeks it was idyllic, almost, you know, bucolic existence. And then suddenly I got called out of the blue by a Russian investor who said if I could make a, a, a World War Two film for this amount of money, and he could get his own Willie's Jeep uh, out of it. You know, we'd have to buy it as a prop, and he could keep it afterwards. That we could, you know, that we could, I could make that film. It's now that budget that you mentioned, the figure that you mentioned, would be one that I would never be able to do at any other time. You know, uh, sure. because it was just too low. But as it was pandemic and and nobody was working, and it was basically, I had a script that worked at one location. In a in a graveyard in the south of France, you know that that had been submitted to me just coincidentally, you know, a, a week or two earlier, which had stuck in my head. It all sort of came together. So I called all of my actor friends that I loved working with, who of course were not working, and I said, "Do you want to uh, bubble at this one sort of location? And you know, it'll be a flat fee. We all have to stay there. I have to beg you not to leave. You're going to be there. There's a lot of different buildings there, and tents and things like that. We'll just literally stay there for the month and." Camp down, it will be like sort of Shakespeare in the park, and, and I'll film it. And, and everyone okay. said yes. We had one person said no, and she had a she had a partner, my, one of my regular makeup people, and she had a partner who was very you know very weak and, and uh, she was okay. a little nervous. But they, she ended up even coming out for a day in the end as well. But we we went out, and we did it, and it was one of the most successful creative cool. experiences of my life. It was really really wonderful. We shot it almost chronological order, which is something you're never able to do usually. The actors were terrific. Wonderful. And we, we made this film that, that then sold very, very quickly uh, called Hell Hath No Fury, which is playing on Hulu. And, mm-hmm. and it was a, you know, it was the first of my sort of female lead pictures. You know, I'd, I'd been uh, relegated to making genre action pictures at that point, which were good. Yeah. I think I was pushing the, the, the window in what I was doing. It was the first time I got to work with a, a strong female actress in the lead and really work with her and let her sort of steer a lot of the decision-making uh, and watch and, and, and make sure the world surrounded that, supported that. And it was, it was just wonderful. So, That's great. you know, I, I choose my words very carefully because so many people had just the most awful experience. Awful, sure. you know, they came out of it unhealthy and lost people and, and lost, you know, lost many, you know, financial things and sure. you know, possessions. And for me, Financially, it was terrible, it sucks for everyone, but, but it was, you know, creatively, it was something mm-hmm. rather special uh, and, and took me somewhere with my career that 
I wouldn't have expected to go otherwise. So yes. it was a uh, yeah. it was a strange silver lining to that awful cloud. It's, you know, it sure was. Uh, <laughs> and I haven't stopped working since then. I knock on wood because I realise how very fickle this business is. Yes, it, <laughs> it certainly is. Yes, it's year that it drops you just like that, like this awful sort of partner. But uh, but you know, it, at the moment I've had this wonderful one, and I'm, I I am. It's very low budget. I'm working mm-hmm. on a you know, in a budget level, which uh, would turn many people off, but but it keeps the bills paid, and I am allowed to make the films that I'm passionate about. Well, that, as long as I paint, that, no, that's great. paint within the lines, color within the lines. Yes, that is true. Stuff. Well, I, we have to wrap up, but where can people find out more about you? Should they go to Instagram, or do you have other uh, sites? I think that, that, I, I, social media I peel back on, but Instagram Jesse B Johnson or okay. Facebook. I have a business page there, Jesse B Johnson. They kept fairly up to date. I'm not a big social media person, but if you type in my name on any streaming service, you know, I've got films on Hulu and Netflix and they'll pop up. Uh, Avengement is always in the top 10 uh, action films on, on Netflix. It was a, it's a very successful one. If you go from there, or, or the work of Scott Adkins, who's a popular martial arts English actor that I've directed five films with, you'll, you'll, you'll find my films in, in you know, interlaced and woven in with all of those ones and hopefully it will be a nice sort of adventure to explore and, and, and learn about my work. Uh, That's it's great. continuing to evolve and thanks to wonderful people like you well, letting me talk about it. I really enjoyed this so call back in again anytime we've got some new projects going on. I'd love to stay in touch. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you for having me. 